This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Katie. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to get to have this conversation with you. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and also to watch what you're creating in such a like needed space is really, it's really exciting. Thank you so much. I can't believe you're, so I want to give people context. Who is Katie Corey? 27 years old. It's unbelievable what you have built. I am so proud of you as a woman, as an entrepreneur, and just such a big cheerleader. You are 27 year old, 27 years old. You're a business owner on a mission to help heal our bodies and the planet. You use your degree in environmental sustainability, and you have a certification in plant-based nutrition, and you have an epic healing journey for your 27 years. You have used all of this to create my favorite brand, Toodaloo Superfoods, during quarantine just a few short years ago. And they are adaptogen trail mixes, and I'm obsessed, you guys. Even Jennifer Love Hewitt loves them. They're in over 700 stores. BuzzFeed, Well and Good, Women's Health Magazine, everybody's obsessed. So how we will get into like all the good stuff, but how did this, what made you wake up and say, I'm doing this? How did you reach that point? It's so crazy to hear you recap what's happened over the last two years. Um, So thank you so much. I think you did such a great job. Um, So basically I woke up in quarantine, like with this decision, am I going to lose my mind or am I going to like channel this and really focus my energy into a way that can be healing? And in that space, I just decided, okay, I, I know my tools for healing. Like I've been working on healing my whole life. And the first place I always started with besides going outside would be to change my diet. Because what I learned is that what we eat is so crucial for our mental health. And at that time, I was just eating everything shelf stable, which I think a lot of us were because we really didn't have the ability to go to the grocery store and get fresh produce. We're kind of relying on these, you know, microwavable or just shelf stable processed foods. So that was really inflammatory. That can really mess with your mental health. And so I cut out, you know, um, all the things I was eating. But one of the things that I could not, I just couldn't stop was trail mix. Like I would just gorge a family sized bag of trail mix. I'd, you know, wake up with acne and I'd be bloated and I'd be having like depressive episodes. And when you look on the back of the ingredients of most trail mixes, if they're like wildly delicious, it's all these processed ingredients, inflammatory oils, totally. chemicals that make make no sense. Like, why is there polysorbate, whatever I can't even pronounce, in what should just be nuts, seeds, berries, and a couple herbs? You know. Um, and so totally. having having um, 
you know, my certification in plant-based nutrition and also just having an entrepreneurial spirit my whole life and watching every episode of Shark Tank and always coming up with ideas. I knew that to start a brand for myself, I had to find a white space where something hadn't been reinvented in a long time. And that was trail mix. I looked at the set and I realized that there was opportunity here to really change, start with this space and just do what I can to elevate every component that was kind of messed up in trail mix and make it better and change up this food system that has just been so harmful for so long. It was due for uh, reinvention. Totally. Totally. I hadn't, I haven't seen anything like it. I have a five-year-old daughter and so, you know, trail mix or bagged snacks, it's really important to have, obviously, like you're a mom on the go, you, your kids need snacks and there's so many, there's so much greenwashing on the market. You'll go to the store and it's like organic, but then you turn it over and it's sunflower oil and all these fillers and shelf stabilizers. And even though it's organic sugar, it's still sugar, right? So Totally. When I found Toodaloo, it was really like, there's like eight ingredients and they're all actually real foods or herbs or like whole food. And not only was the packaging so cute, but I could give it to my family and I could eat it totally guilt-free. And so that's why we're just obsessed over here. Um, oh, you're so, that, what never made, forget that video <laughs> of your children singing while they were eating the toodaloo and I was like this is to this totally. day that's still probably one of my favorite videos ever been like sent to us <laughs> so thank you thanks yeah you're welcome yeah she loves she loves to test things too she's a little foodie she'll tell you how it is she tried all the flavors. She was super honest. <laughs> she was like, I don't know. She didn't like the smoke show, but um, she's obsessed with the maple and the cacao. Um, so how did you, so you had already had your degree in environmental sustainability and plant-based nutrition at this point, but even still through the pandemic, you were having depressive episodes and a lot of it was based around what you were eating. So, and I've battled with depression and eating disorders. Um, I was on and off yes. bulimic. It started when I was moving around the country a lot when I was a child. And then when we moved around the country, when I was a new mom, it re-triggered the same feelings. It was a traumatic experience as a child being moved, ripped away from my friends and family. And so the one thing that I could do was like comfort myself with food. And so I became bulimic because I really couldn't stop myself from eating it, but I would feel so bad. I would binge so much. So then what would happen as an, as an adult, when I had my daughter, um, that same sensation came back and I battled with it for about six months and, and I had my health coach certification. Like you can know something. <laughs> on paper. Right. And I went to health coach school as, because I was a yoga teacher for a long time. I went to it so that I could heal myself and then help right. others. Yet here I was in the pattern. And so knowing it was different than healing. It was different than embodying. It was different than, you know, you have no willpower over these things. So it runs so Let's deep. talk about, yeah. it runs so deep. Let's talk about that. Like how, 
it's because I think people here and they can look at you or look at me and be like, oh, they're just naturally disciplined. They're just naturally healthy. But like, <laughs> right? Like how how do we build that momentum to heal these disor- this disordered eatings and these addictive patterns? And how did you do it? Oh my gosh. First of all, that resonates so much with me. And I, I didn't know that about you. So thank you for sharing because it gives me space to share my struggles with you as well. And you're so of right. Course. Those patterns that that start when you're a little kid, you can learn. You can learn the right way to do things. So the right, whatever the right way is, but it doesn't change that when you're trauma in the trauma situation. That energetically, you get you go back to what was comforting. And for me, like growing up in a really traumatic household, I started drinking when I was 12 years old, and that was something that I struggled with for years. And during pandemic. And at first I started with food. Let me start go back to like being mm-hmm. like a child. I started with food and I would very overweight, super unhealthy and like binging similar to you. Um, and so I, you know, switched, I was like a switch addict, like, okay, I quit with the food, got the body kind of healthy by like exercising and like kind of cleaning up what I was eating. But then I started drinking to cope and I conquered that again by conquering what I was eating and putting into my body. And so like the steps for me were like, okay, go outside, run. Okay. That's first step Two, fix my nutrition three, um, which I didn't develop until a little bit later was my spiritual practice. And so I had all these tools. I was meditating. I was praying. I was eating right. I was, you know, getting outside. But then when quarantine hit all of those things that I felt like I had in my arsenal were kind of taken from me. And it took me a long Mm. time to reprogram that. So part of quarantine was like in eating everything in sight, drinking to cope. And it was just like, it was so hard. And Toodaloo really, you know, I created it to not only heal others, but also to heal myself again. I think that like with addictive patterns, you're in a constant state of healing yourself. You're like in a constant state of having to make decisions to keep yourself healthy. And it's, it's, I think it's always going to be a process. And I think to say that you're healed, I think it just means that you're not entirely aware. I think we're always in a constant state of healing from those things because they can creep back up, you know, when you least expect it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I resonate so much with that. Your story. I started drinking when you said that, when you said you started drinking at 12, I forgot that I started drinking at 12 also until you said that. I remember my first drink was, I don't know which one was before, but they probably were within the same month. My grandfather would have me make, we were living with them for a year. I was 12 years old. This is when the binge eating started too. Um, He had me make him a Jack Daniels and Coke. He said he liked the way I make it because I literally would put half Jack Daniels and half Coke, like (laughs) in a giant glass. And then I would taste it. And like a a few sips of that will make a 12 year old super buzzed. And then I got comfortable, um, stealing like their beer out of the fridge in the garage. And so I would chug beers in the garage and like lay on the grass. And I was just like, it was like getting high. I was like, Oh my God. Like you, when you drink a beer so fast, you, you get like a different kind of buzz. And it was kind of undetectable. Sure. Like nobody noticed. Like I could have two drinks and be a little loopy and then go play in the backyard and like nobody noticed. And it was in a form of escapism yep. for me. 
because I was so dissatisfied with where my life was. You mentioned that your life was really traumatic. And in the form that you submitted to me, we were, I ask everybody before we start these interviews, what were some of the biggest pivotal moments in your life? <clears throat> and you mentioned um, that your your life was growing up like a Jerry Springer episode. Can you tell me about that? <laughs> what does that mean? It means like, it means all of the worst things that I think in terms of like what can embarrass you in the world and like what is like toxic could happen. Um, you know, growing up, and I've never actually shared this before. My dad was, was really, he was definitely like the guy that had a double life. And that constantly kind of uh, was at bay for so long, but I could feel it energetically in the house. And I caught him when I was like 13 and caught him when I was 15 and caught him at these pivotal moments. And that, that was like a whole, like a whole issue within itself. Um, and then my mother started, you know, declining in her, uh, she started to drink as well. Um, and then, you know, all of this was just, it was just too much to handle. Like their family kept moving back and forth from place to place. We never were in one stable place. So like there was just this constant earthquake. It felt like that was happening inside. And for a sensitive person like myself, it was just a lot to handle. And I eventually just moved out when I was like seven, just turned 17 and it was total chaos. Like it was just living out of my car, like trying to um, just get by and, and thank God, like I, I met people who, who helped me heal. And I got on a healing journey very early. Like I was like 22 and I stopped drinking, um, up until quarantine and, um, you know, that, that was all good for a moment. And then when my dad passed away, which happened when I was in my, I think second year of high school, so like 20, 2016, um, all of this resurfaced, like all of this trauma that I kind of buried and I thought I had dealt with came up because I had all this unresolved tension with my dad and what happened and how, you know, he kind of like pushed us out of the house and all of his toxic behaviors and my mom's, un, you know, spoken like hurt, like all this hurt that was lingering still like came up again. And um, yeah, I, I think mean, it still comes up. Times a lot of times uh, when somebody dies and there's so many unresolved issues, there's so much resentment and then there's so much resentment because they've passed and you can't deal with it. And so it's this snowball. It's not just grief. It's really complicated. I had that experience yeah. with one of my family members. There was, then I was like angry because I was like, well, now you're gone and now I'm left with this unhealed yeah. I, I think resentment and trauma. Right. And it's also like, I never, I want, I always wanted to con lo love him. Like I always wanted things to just get better. And so there's almost this grief for what was. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that motivated me though, is I turned this hurting spot into a healing process because in studying plant-based nutrition, I learned that my dad was eating toxic food that was probably messing with his brain chemistry. He was eating like McDonald's 
and like processed cheese and processed this and oatmeal cream pies. And in studying plant-based nutrition, I was like, oh my gosh, this could have not only healed my dad mentally, possibly, but it also could have healed the disease that took his life, which was congestive heart failure. Like my dad passed away from his lifestyle choices. And so in finding a way to kind of, I, I thought like, if I could have just gotten to him sooner, then I could have saved him. So I, instead of like focusing on what I could have done, I'm like, okay, what can I do moving forward? And so much of totally. Toodaloo is like saying, this is the things that, these are the things that have hurt me. These are the things that I've learned that could have helped others and myself. So let me just pour it all into my company. And so, so much of Toodaloo is like just healing myself and sharing what I've learned um, in hopes that no one has to struggle with the things that I had, I have gone through. That's so beautiful. You're on such a purpose filled path. And I just feel, I feel the authenticity in the brand. I feel the authenticity in the food that I'm actually eating when I'm eating it. It is so good. There's nothing. It's just in an industry that's full of greenwashing and inauthenticity is just really beautiful because it pours right out of everything you guys do. Um, I want to talk about, I'm so curious because I'm on a product-based business journey and it is so unique to every single person, you know, depending on what the product is you're creating. But I know you have an environmental sustainability background and sustainability can be such a buzzword and so two things, do you, you guys do your own manufacturing of your product? So we don't, we have a co-packer and that is oh, something I think that a lot of brands start with is, is finding someone who makes snack foods and then creating, making sure that they can create the product the way you want. And that was actually like an advantage to us because it took so totally. long for me to find somebody who could make the product to the standard that I had. So if anyone's starting that a business huge. and you have a product and prototype, don't give up at the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, even 12. It took me 12 times to find my manufacturer. Wow. If they say that they can't make something or you can't use this ingredient, you can't, you can't use, um, you know, this packaging, you, can, you can't, 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 you're going to hear can't the whole <laughs> throughout your whole entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. You just keep pushing forward and saying, yes, I can. Yes, I can. And find someone who believes that you can. And when I found my uh, manufacturer, they were like, yes, 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 (laughs) yes. That's amazing. I guess I I saw videos of you guys like in there. And so I don't know, it was like behind the scenes videos. And so I thought it was like your facility. Um, But that's amazing. It's so true. You get so many no's. And people just want to do things a standardized way. They want to use fillers because it's good for their machinery. They want to use just terrible source products. They don't want to reveal what the sourcing is. It's crazy. So talk to me about like, what does it mean to create sustainable brand from... It's so many things, you guys. There's packaging. There's the interior lining of a package. There's the way that you ship it, what you ship it in, the actual each ingredient, your, your products have like six to 12 ingredients each, right? And if you want right. a certain labeling, you have to make sure that each product comes from a certain, you know, regulated right. space. So what does that right. mean for you and Toodaloo? And how are you uti- utilizing your degree to achieve your vision there? Yeah. And this is probably something I, uh, 
I could talk about forever. Um, when it comes to sourcing, this is why the food system exists the way it does, because almost all of manufacturing and all of co-packing comes with like their own supplier, their own set of sourcing, like their own rules. And it's very hard to bend them and shift them. So um, when I found my co-packer and we evaluated his existing source supply, I was like, this is, a, you, you get it. Like my manufacturer gets it. And so thankfully when I came into this space, I could review all of my ingredients and say, okay, I'm, I'm cool with this one. Let's find another option for this one. And we went ingredient by ingredient by ingredient. And we we're like making sure that it was the highest quality possible. And then what I'm very excited about in terms of the future is building out this regenerative supply chain, which is a form of agriculture mm. that can legitimately fight climate change and heal our bodies by growing more nutritious food. There's so many benefits I could rant about forever, but the supply chain just isn't there yet. So we're in this phase of like talking with farmers and saying like, this is the, you know, how many pounds we need of this ingredient by this date. And that's like, that, that is the future of Toodaloo. But, um, so there's like, you know, creating your prototype at home, finding a manufacturer to make it, making sure that they can make it to your standards. And then in terms of packaging, when it comes, especially when it comes to food grade and all that kind of stuff, it's a really tough battle. That took, I would say more than sourcing, packaging took me the longest. Um, and it's still not perfect. It's still not where I want to be. And so we had to invest in like offsetting. So, you know, at every point I was just thinking like, what is the best way that I can do this? Because sustainability applies to so many areas, um, even in terms of like who we hire. And and um, and so we just actually partnered with this brand called Moonshot and they do regenerative wheat crackers. And the founder is literally Mother Teresa. And she's built a second business um, called Planet Forward. And they basically look at every bit of your business to calculate your carbon emissions. So they look at your shipping and logistics, they look at your packaging, they look at your ingredients. And so we've gotten finally, like after a long time, we finally have gotten all of this data back and then they input tools and resources to help you increase your carbon emissions. So it's just, it's just at every moment trying to do what you kind of intuitively know is, is the right way or how you yeah. would prefer it to be. And, um, and sometimes it's not perfect. And I think that that was a big thing I wrestled with was like, not everything I wanted was perfect, but everyone I've ever talked to that has started something. And even, you know, um, some of the, my heroes, they're like, if you're waiting till you're perfect, you're too late. Totally. And that was sort of how I felt with, with the food systems. I was like, it's never going to be perfect if, if I don't start where I, with what I have. And mm -hmm. I just got so fed up that I was like, let's go, like, let's go, let's do this. Yeah. And I didn't want to wait. I so resonate with that. I, um, I went on the path of like looking for manufacturers, looking for sourcing at the expos. And I was going all around the country learning. So that was great. Cause I was learning, mm -hmm. but I quickly realized, okay, there's not, these manufacturers don't give up their sources, their mass sourcing, it's not likely going to be what I'm looking for. So then I went the opposite. I started going like direct to farms, but then started recognizing nice. that the farms can't um, process the ingredients the way that I need them to be processed. So there still has to be like a middleman. Well, right. the middlemen, they work with the manufacturers. They don't work direct with like 
founders, right? They, they have their right. like people that they work with. So it was just this big clusterfuck. And that's pretty much what I did for like almost a year. And, yep. <laughs> and now I'm like in the place where I'm like, okay, you need to start with a manufacturer who's just going to give you as many of the yeses that you possibly can and start with the product right. where you can. And something that somebody told me one time, which I thought was really beautiful too, is like, you can have the vision of let's just say this like 10 pillar system, but you need two legs to stand on first. So you have to pick your two pillars to start with. And so if there's sustainability, for instance, you know, for, he's like, if it's sustainability, even within that, there's like pillars of sustainability, right? Because it touches every aspect of your business. He was like, so if sustainability is number one and is really important to you, or maybe it's number two, maybe quality of ingredients is number one, whatever. He said, you know, within that, pick a few areas where you can do it right now within your budget, within your scope of time, with where you're at, with what you got basically. And I was like, that is such a relief because (laughs) it's such a relief because, and in terms of other, other businesses, whether it's a product-based business or not, if you're in the service business or you're in a digital, digital consumer business, it doesn't really matter. These same lessons apply waiting until everything is perfect until you have the time, the money, the resources, literally it's going to, your, your passion for it will dissolve. And so it's really important to move when your energy is there, when your passion is there. And hearing this story right now is like so perfect because I literally got back on the manufacturing wagon like three weeks ago. I was like, when I had a concussion, did you? Oh my I had gosh, a I did not know that. I passed oh, out. I had got this concussion. Wow. I did a whole solo episode about it, so I won't dig in too much, but I ended up, I had migraines for a few days due to a head cold. I'd never oh. had migraines. I fainted. Huh. I ended up with this concussion. I was on the couch for like six days, but it was the most, Um, it was like, I remember saying like for a few weeks before this happened, like, God, when is it going to be like, when can I get off the train? Everything is moving so quickly. Like, why can't I just hop off the train? I remember thinking that to myself one day Mm because everything had been moving so quickly. And I was sitting there on the couch one day and I heard like almost an audible voice that was like, well, you're off the train now, aren't you? Oh my gosh. You're you're not like, like (laughs) you, you can't do anything. So what have you been so busy focusing on that you haven't been prioritizing correctly in your life? You've been going in every direction all at once. Refocus your energy. You're the one who's driving this train. Like Mm, you wanted the train to stop. It stopped. I sat you on your ass so that you can think about it now. (laughs) And it was this huge, amazing redirect where it was like Mm. podcast, product-based business, my two main yes. priorities. That's it. Yes. Everything else, social media. I have my team. Right. It's amazing, but I don't have to spend 10 hours a week on it. Like brand yeah. partnerships, they will come. Like all the other yeah. stuff. My daughter, obviously my family, that's always priority, but mm-hmm. it was like huge. Yeah. It just sat me down in my seat and it was like, <laughs> focus. It's like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is so, yeah, your subconscious was like, I got you. (laughs) I, that, that also, I'm like, 
resonates with me too. And I love that you took this really like traumatic thing and found the lesson in it. And when I was building Toodaloo, I had a similar like experience. I was running, 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 running. I'm a, I, I run like I used to run like 10 miles, like crazy, wow. just flighty, just can't sit with things. Right. And, um, had this idea, I was building this business. I was like, go, go, go like chaos, stress tore my ACL. And I was like, cool. Had surgery and ACL surgery, like knocks you out for you like months. Like you're never, I, ca- I still can't run the way I used to. And I, it was that stop. You can't run from this. And it was like yeah. this continued, like, you know, lesson in life. Like I kept running, I kept escaping, I kept denying and sitting with an injury where I can't work out. I can't run. I literally can't go anywhere. And, um, and that honestly was what helped me build Toodaloo. Cause if I, if I was able to run, I wouldn't have channeled it into a business. And so Really? In a weird way, I'm grateful it happened. And it helped me sit with more of, of you know, the things that always continue to come up. There's always something um, to work on. So yeah. I feel you. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, it's been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably and so intimately. I really enjoyed connecting with you. And yeah. so where do you live? Do you live in Austin now? Yeah, I live in Austin. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap it up, I want to know how amazing Austin is. Everybody's moving to Austin. Do you love it? I love it. I, I would say it's the most perfect place. I moved here right when I got into college. Um, so I've almost been here almost 10 years. What is it? Eight, nine, um, heaven, heaven on earth. Yeah. It's a good place. You got to come next time you come visit. Just hit me up. We will. We go to Austin for, cause my fiance owns bars and restaurants. So he's a foodie. So nice. we're always going through certain cities and Austin's one of them. I definitely will. Um, I want to know, I ask everybody, what does rebellious reinvention mean to you? Your interpretation? Oh man. I, to me, I think it says if this system doesn't work, then I'll make my own system. And I feel like that was what drew me to your podcast and you is like these systems haven't worked for us. So we're just screwed. We're just going to make new ones. And there's a little bit of like yes. cheapiness to it. You know, <laughs> actually it's funny. Toodaloo was like toodaloo to the old way of doing things. That was sort of like the meaning behind it. Um, and so it's, uh, it also came from the hangover. If you know the movie, the hangover, when he says toodaloo, motherfucker. <laughs> there's like a cheekiness to oh it. So God. it resonates with me. <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. All right, Katie, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I can't wait to see where you grow in the next two to five years. I can't believe what you've done already. I'm just, I'm your biggest cheerleader and I'm here if you ever need anything. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So welcome. Every week we have a reoccurring segment and I share my favorite things, tangible products to use, things to walk away with and above and beyond these inspiration of these conversations. The categories are think, read, shop, do, and grab. And I'll give you a few of those. Think this week's rebellious perspective. What if life's pains were the cogs for your purpose? Katie's story is so beautiful. She has turned so much pain and trauma into vision. What if we could all have a story like that? And on the topic of food, anxiety, depression, as so much of the conversation was about this, I believe that food, our most essential need, is something so many women and men battle with. 
What if we perceive nourishment and the way we fueled our bodies as a tool for personal power, spiritual evolution, and ultimately, ultimately a pathway and key to optimization, mental well-being, and ascension? Not just something we regulate or ignore, but something we actually honored and cherished. Read, eat to beat depression and anxiety. Nourish your way to a better mental health in just six weeks. Dr. Drew Ramsey, a revolutionary prescription for healing depression and anxiety and optimizing brain health through the foods that we eat, including six-week plan to help you get started eating for better mental health. Depression and anxiety and disorders are obviously rising and affecting more than 58 million people in the United States alone. Dr. Ramsey distills the latest groundbreaking research on nutrition and the brain by focusing on increasing brain cell health, that's neuroplasticity, as we talk about in psychedelics all the time, reducing inflammation and cultivating a healthy microbiome. That's your gut health. He discusses the 12 essential vitamins and minerals most critical for your brain and body, as well as the anti-inflammatory foods that we eat to feed the gut. Ramsey helps listeners assess barriers to self-nourishment and offers techniques for enhancing motivation. To get us started, he provides a Kickstarter six-week depression, anxiety, mental health food plan to incorporate key food categories. You guys, I really like this book because it's so tangible. It's not just a conversation about healing. It's actually the technical things that you need to do for six weeks to kickstart your new journey. I will leave the link here in the show notes. Shop. Go grab Toodaloo Trail Mix Variety Bundle. These are sprouted nuts and seeds, organic and made with the highest quality sustainable ingredients infused with adaptogens and flavorful, tasty ingredients. My whole family loves them. We are obsessed. Samaya's favorite is the maple minus the cacao and the smoke show. Use my code to get a discounted link when you shop. Do. Go do something impactful. How can you create a more sustainable future? Whether it's buying regenerative foods or finding local farmers markets or sustainable farms to purchase from directly. I just found a regenerative local meat supplier. The world is changing. It is amazing to see how quickly things like apps, local farms, and brands are responding. So go out, do a little research, and see what's close to you and see how you can change the world to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Thank you so much. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Leave me a review and let me know what you think. Have an amazing day. Thank you. Mm -hmm.